Phantom, with his scruffy donkey's head, is being mindfully held by the love-struck Titania, whose love is soon struck out of her mind, fully, by her husband Oberon, king of fairies. For the first time, Titania realizes she'd been crushing hard on a hairy, smelly loser. You know, typical things many girlfriends realize after a few months. The joke is complete, and Puck transforms Bottom's head back into that of a normal human. Meanwhile, Duke Theseus is on a hunting trip when he stumbles across the four human lovers in the wood. The lovers feel as though everything that's happened so far has been one strange shared dream, except for one small change to their reality. All their problems are now solved. Lysander is back to loving Hermia, and Demetrius now and forever will love Helena. Theseus joyously overrides the will of Hermia's father and invites all four Athenians to come and be married alongside him at his wedding. Bottom too wakes up in the wood, but now alone. He too wanders in his small, untrained, idiotic way if the night's events have been nothing more than a dream. Let's listen. Mr. Cobweb! Ready! Mr. Cobweb, good monsieur, get your weapons in hand and kill me a red hit, humble bee, on top of a thistle. And, good monsieur, bring me the honey bag. Do not forget yourself too much in the action, monsieur. And, good monsieur, have a care of the honey bag, break not. I would be loath to have you overflown with the honey bag, seigneur. Where's Monsieur Mustard Seed? Ready. Give me your leaf, Monsieur Mustard Seed. Pray you leave your courtesy, good Monsieur. Oh yeah! What's your will? Nothing, good Monsieur, but to help Calvary Cobweb to scratch. I must do the barbers, Monsieur. For methinks I am marvelously hairy about the face. I am such a tender ass. If my hair do but tickle me, I must scratch. What? Wilt thou hear some music, my sweet love? I have a reasonable good in music. Let's have the tongs and the bones. Oh, whore, say, sweet love. What desires to eat? Surely a peck of pomander. I could munch your good dry oats. Methinks I have a great desire to a bottle of hay. Good hay. Sweet hay. Hath no fellow? I the venturous fairy that shall seek the squirrels for and fetch thee new nuts. I'd rather have a handful or two of dried peas, but, I pray you, let none of your people stir me. I have exposition of sleep come upon me. Sleep thou, thou bind thee in my arms. Fairies, be gone, and be always away. 
Sweet sight, her dotage I now do begin to pity, for meeting her of late behind the wood, seeking sweet favors from this hateful fool. I did abrade her and fall out with her, for she his hairy temples then had rounded with a coronet of fresh and fragrant flowers. And that same dew, which sometime on the buds was wont to swell like round and orient pearls, stood now within the pretty floweret's eyes, like tears that did their own disgrace bewail. When I at my pleasure taunted her, and she in mild terms begged my patience, I then did ask of her her changeling child, which straight she gave me and her fairy sent to bear him to my bower in fairy land. And now I have the boy, I'll undo this hateful imperfection of her eyes. And, gentle Puck, take this transformant scalpel from the off the head of this Athenian slave, that he awaking when the other do, may all to Athens back again repair, and think no more of this night's accidents, but as the fierce vexation of a dream. But first I will release the fairy queen. Be as thou wast wont to be, See as thou wast wont to see. Diane's bud o'er Cupid's flower Hath such force and blessed power. Now, my Titania, wake you, my sweet queen. My Oberon, what visions have I seen? You thought I was enamored of an ass? There lies your love. Oh! How come these things to pass? Oh, how my eyes do loathe his visage now. Silence a while. Robin, take off this head. Titania, music call, and strike more dead than common sleep of all these five the sense. Music call, music such as charm asleep. Night, but I sleeping here was fine. These mortals on the ground. 
Go, one of you, and find the out the forester. For now our observation is performed, and since we have the veyward of the day, my love shall hear the music of my hounds. Uncouple in the western valley, let them go. Dispatch, I say, and find the forester. We will, fair queen, up to the mountain's top, and mark the musical confusion of hounds and echo in conjunction. But soft, what nymphs are these? My lord, this is my daughter here asleep. And this, uh, Lysander. This Demetrius is. This Helena, old Nedar's Helena. I wonder of their being here together. No doubt they rose up early to observe the rite of May, and hearing our intent, came here and grace our solemnity. But speak, Aegeus, is this not the day that Hermia should give answer of her choice? It is, my lord. Go, bid the huntsmen wake them with their horns. Good morrow, friends. St. Valentine is past. Begin these wood birds but to couple now. Pardon, my lord. I pray you all, stand up. I know you two are rival enemies. How comes this gentle concord in the world, that hatred is so far from jealousy, to sleep by hate and fear no enmity? Uh, my lord, I shall reply amazedly. Half sleep, half waking, but as yet I swear I cannot truly say how I came here. Uh, but as I think, for truly I would speak, and now I do bethink me, so it is. I came with Hermia hither. Our intent uh, was to be gone from Athens where we might without the peril of the Athenian law. Ah, enough, enough, my lord, you have enough. I beg the law, the law upon his head. They would have stolen away. They would, Demetrius, thereby to have defeated you and me. You of your wife, me of my consent, of my consent, that she should be your wife. My lord, fair Helen told me of their stealth, of this their purpose hither to this wood, and I in fury hither followed them, fair Helena in fancy following me. But my good lord, I wot not by what power, but by some power it is. My love to Hermia melted as the the snow seems to me now as the remembrance of an idle god, which in my childhood I did dote upon, and all the faith, the virtue of my heart, the object and the pleasure of mine eye, is only Helena. To her, my lord, was I betrothed, ere I saw Hermia, but like in sickness did I loathe this food, but as in health come to my natural taste, now I do wish it, love it, long for it and will evermore be true to it. Fair lovers, you are fortunately met. Of this discourse we will hear more anon. Aegeus, I will overbear your will, for in the temple by and by with us, these couples shall eternally be knit. And for the morning now is something worn, our proposed hunting shall be set aside. Away with us, to Athens, three and three. We will hold a feast in great solemnity. Come, Hippolyta. These things seem small and undistinguishable. 
Methinks I see these things with parted eye when everything seems double. So methinks, and I have found Demetrius like a jewel, my own and not my own. Are, are you sure that we are awake? It seems to me that yet we sleep, we dream. Do not you think the Duke was here and bid us follow him? Yea, and my father and Apollo. And he did bid us follow to the temple. Why then, we are awake. Let's follow him. And by the way, let us recount our dreams. When my cue comes, call me, and I will answer. My next is... Most famous! Hi-ho! Peter Quince? Flute? The bellowsman who snout the tinkler? Songling? God's my life! Stolen hence and left me asleep. I've had a most rare vision. I've had a dream. Passed it with a man to say what dream it was. But man is but an ass if you go about to expound this dream. We thought I was... There's no man can tell me what. We thought I was. Had, we thought I had. But man is but a parched fool. If you will offer to say what we thought I had. The eye of man hath not heard, the ear of man hath not seen, but man's hand is not able to taste, his tongue to conceive, nor his heart to report. Yet what my dream was, I will get Peter Quince to write a ballad of this dream. I shall be called Bottom's Dream, because it hath no bottom, and I will sing it in the latter end of the play before the Duke, Harry ventured to make the more gracious, I so sing it at her death. The mechanicals are in complete disarray. Their star, Bottom, has been missing ever since their rehearsal in the wood when they witnessed his head monstrously transformed. All of them are worried now. The play can't possibly go forward without their lead actor. Even worse, the Mechanicals hear news that Theseus and four young lovers have all been married at the palace and are now awaiting some theatrical entertainment. But, just then, Bottom triumphantly appears. The Mechanicals are ecstatic. At long last, it is time for this assortment of dolts, nincompoops, and downright dum-dums to screw their courage to the sticking place, get in the costume, and put on the world's worst performance! Let's have a small listen, shall we? Have you sent to Bottom's house? Has he come home yet? If he come not... Then the play is marked. It goes not forward, doth it? It is not possible. You have not a man in all Athens able to discharge Pyramus but he. No! He hath simply the best wit of any handicraft man in Athens. Yea, and the best person too. And he is a very paramour for sweet voice. You must say paragon. A paramour is God bless us. A thing of naught. Masters. The duke is coming from the temple, and there is two or three lords and ladies more married. If our sport had gone forward, we had all been made men. <gasps> oh, sweet bully bottom! Thus hath he lost sixpence a day during his life. He could not have escaped sixpence a day, 
and the Duke had not given him sixpence a day for playing Pyramus, I'll be hanged. He would have deserved it. Sixpence a day in Pyramus or nothing. Where are these lads? Where are these hearts? Oh, bottom! Oh, most courageous day! Oh, most happy hour! I am to discourse wonders, but ask me not what. For if I tell you, I am no true Athenian. I will tell you everything right as it fell out. Let us hear, sweet bottom. Not a word of me. All that I will tell you is that the Duke hath dined! <gasps> Get your pails together. Good sing to your beards. The ribbons to your pumps. Meet presently at the palace. Every man look his part. For the short and the long, our play is preferred. <laughs> In any case, let Thisbe have clean linen. And let not him that plays a lion pair his nails. Right. For they shall hang out the lion's claws. And, most dear Actus, Eat no onions, <laughs> nor garlic, <laughs> for we are to utter sweet breath. <sighs> and I do not doubt to hear them say, it is a sweet comedy. Yeah! <laughs> no more words. Away. Go away. Everything has been neatly tied up. Everyone's getting married. The fairies are happy again. And our mechanicals community theatre level troupe will be appearing on Athens Got Talent <laughs> at Theseus's wedding. We've had our happy ending, so the play's over, right? Wrong. The completely extraneous fifth act of Midsummer is that play within a play that Bottom and his troupe have been rehearsing. Find out if the actors will get the golden buzzer, or if they'll get booed off the stage in our fifth and final episode, Fairies Away!